we're in week number two of a series called Him Plus Her, Him and Her. And uh, this series is so exciting and, uh, and it's so good because it's all about, all about relationships. And I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, a series about relationships always creates a lot of buzz. Like no other series does this where like people are tweeting about it, people are talking about it, people are inviting. Because whenever we do a series about relationships, you guys, you guys dig it and you love it. And I think the reason, we said this last week, uh, the reason that you love a series about relationships is because we can all relate, right? We can all relate to relationships because either um, either you're in one or you just got out of one or maybe you really want to be in one, right? But everyone in one way or another, whether you've been here before or it's your first time to church or whatever, then we can all relate to the fact that like, man, I, I know what it's like to be in a relationship. I've watched movies about people that are in relationships. I've seen breakups. I've been in breakups. We can all, we can all relate to relationships. And here's what you may not know is that it's not just students. It's not just students. See, everyone, everyone across the globe, no matter how old you are, how young you are, we all are into relationships. We're into it. Now we'll get it. But um, check it out. This is, this is true. I looked at the top 10 songs on Spotify, okay? The top 10 songs, the most popular songs on Spotify right now. And of the 10 songs, how many do you think are like the center, the main theme of these songs is all about relationships. Of the 10, how many are all about relationships? What do you think? Eight, seven, nine. Okay, the answer, the answer, and I heard it loudly. I see you. The answer is 10. Literally all 10 songs on the top 10 most popular songs on Spotify, they're not just kind of about relationships. They are all about relationships, like completely about relationships. It's amazing. And I think, I think the reason that we as a culture and we as just humans are obsessed with relationships is because relationships are fun. They are. Like, like when you get a crush on someone, that's fun. When you like someone, when you hold hands, like that's a, that's a fun thing. That's a neat thing. And here's what you may not know is scientists have discovered, and this is, this is completely true, scientists have discovered that the way your body reacts to having a crush on someone or being in a relationship with someone is very similar to the way your body reacts to being on drugs. Nice. It's true. I know. It's true. See, here's what happens. Here's what happens. When you get into that relationship or you see her from across the room or she sees you or whatever, your body releases this thing called dopamine. It's called dopamine. Your body, exactly, it's dope. It's amazing. It's awesome. And when your body releases that, you feel really good. Things are awesome. You're on cloud nine. Turns out your body releasing dopamine uh, happens another time, and that's when you're on drugs. Literally, your body does the exact same things. So this is true. Chemically, the way your bodies are designed, chemically, being in love is exactly the same thing as being on drugs. Same deal. Same deal. And this is why the great philosopher Kesha said, your love is my drug. See, you guys didn't think she was that smart. No, she's smart, though. She's got a dollar sign in her name. That's how you know she's smart, right? Your love is my drug. It's the same thing. Kesha knew that. Maybe you didn't know that. But I'm telling you, there is something, there is something crazy, crazy powerful, crazy powerful about being in a relationship. I'm telling you, it affects you. It changes you. It has all these incredible effects on your life. It changes you. In fact, um, some of you have seen this before, right? Where like your friends get into relationships and then like it just changes them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like things are different now that they're in a relationship. 
Do you guys have any, any friends that like, you know, you used to hang out all the time and then the moment they got in that relationship, you haven't seen them for months, right? They like, they like disappeared, you used to Snapchat all the time, you used to hang out all the time. Now they don't do anything with you, right? Don't, don't go pointing at people, okay? That's not nice. Don't go doing that. But like, but like the only time you see them is when they're like making out with the person they're dating or they're like holding hands maybe with the person they're dating and you're like, what on earth, dude? Like we used to be best friends and now you're not hanging out. Now you're someone, you're someone totally different. And the reason, listen to this, the reason is because relationships are powerful. Relationships are incredibly, incredibly powerful, and they can change you. They can completely change the person that you are and the person that you'll become. In fact, um, this, is, this is kind of my favorite example of change uh, is there are some guys, not every guy, not every guy, but some guys, some guys, when they get into a relationship, uh, their vocabulary changes. Do you know what I'm saying? Their vocab. Here's what I mean. Um, these and like my favorite is these like big tough football players. You know, guys that are like that are like six five, like two hundred twenty pounds. They're just like big dudes, and they go up to their girl and they're like, "Hey, what's up, Snookums?" <laughs> you're like, "Bro, did you say like sno- like Snooky Snookums? Like, what are you talking about right now? Like, this doesn't this doesn't make any sense, right?" Or like big old big old tough guy goes up to his girl. He's like. Hey, Pookie. How you doing, Pookie? You're like, dude, come on. She's not a teddy bear. Dude, grow up. Right? But I'm telling you, relationships, they change you. They change your language. And this is, this is the one that always used to bug me. This is true. When I was in, when I was in high school uh, and even when I was in college, I used to get so frustrated, so frustrated when guys would say, baby. Baby. I'm like, dude. First of all, like, think about it. That's gross. Okay, like, are you saying you're dating an infant? Grow up, dude. That's weird. You know, don't don't like 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 does she spit up like a baby? Like, what are you talking about right now? Like, why? Right. I used to get like I never understood it. Why do you call her baby? Why on earth would you call her baby? She's a grown woman. Don't call her baby. And then I uh, I got about four months into my relationship with Catherine. And guess what I called her? Yeah, that's right. Guess what I call her to this day? Baby and babe and all of the above. Because relationships are powerful. They change you. Things, things you swore you would never do, you start doing when you're in a relationship. Because, because relationships. Relationships are powerful. And they're so powerful. You got to get this. They're so powerful that they can actually change you. They can alter you. They can change your future and the person that you become. So you put it this way. Who you're with changes how you live. Who you're with, who you're with changes how you live. When you start dating him or when you start dating her, things begin to change. And the reason is when you're in that relationship with someone, you open up your heart to that person. And all of a sudden your heart becomes attached to that person. And first it's your heart and then it's your thoughts and then it's your actions and then it influences everything. It influences everything. Here's what I mean. Guys, if you're... Um, if you're like dating a girl, right? You like that girl. And if that girl doesn't want to see that movie, guess what? You're not going to see that movie, right? Because who you're with changes how you live. Because that's just the way it is, man. That's the way it is. Also, if, if, if you're dating that girl and you really like that girl and you want that girl's approval and you're all about that girl and she doesn't like your friends, then you're not going to be hanging out with your friends. 
In fact, you're going to start adopting some new friends. Most likely, uh, most likely you're going to start adopting her friends because, because who you're with, who you're with changes how you live. For some of you, some of you girls, you start dating that guy and you have all these like standards and you all, uh, all these like moral things that you promise yourself, I'm always going to do this and I'm never going to do this and I promise I'll always be this way. But you care about that guy and you've been dating him for a long time. And so then even though, even though you swore you would never do that, he begins pressuring you. And before too long, you give in. And the reason, the reason you give in is because who you're with changes how you live. See, relationships are incredibly powerful. Relationships can make you feel like you're on top of the world or they can make you feel like your world is caving in. Relationships can lead to incredible, unbelievable reward or they can lead to extraordinary regret. And it all changes and it all shifts based on who you're with because who you're with changes how you live. And God knows this. <laughs> like God's the one that made relationships. God's the one that made you. God's the one that made me. And he knows that this is the way that life works. And that's why this is the very reason that God actually cares about the person that you're with. This is the reason that God would actually speak in to the person that you're dating. It's not because he's trying to set up some rules for you to follow. It's not because he's trying to make you feel bad. Listen, listen, God cares. This is in your notes. God cares about who you date because God cares about you. See, God cares about who you date because God cares about you. And God knows that who you're with changes how you live. And it'll work that way every time. And so because God knows that, God is incredibly interested in the person that you're dating. Again, not because he's trying to make you feel bad, not because he's trying to give you these rules, but because he knows, he knows that the person that you're with is going to influence you, going to change you, going to alter your future. And he knows that it could lead to many broken hearts and many regrets. And your God actually cares about you. And that's why he speaks into the topic of who you actually date. And I think, I think if God were to actually stand up here today and he were to speak to you, he would offer you a warning, a warning, a warning that could save your future relationships and a warning that could actually change your life. And so I want to look together at this warning. It's actually found um, in scripture found right in the Bibles in front of you. So do this. Go ahead, grab your Bibles. I want to look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. This is on uh, page 632. So page 632. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And while you're turning there, I want to tell you just a little bit um, about the guy that actually wrote Proverbs. It's a guy named Solomon. Many of you have heard of Solomon. I want to tell you just a little bit about Solomon. If you haven't heard about him, I'm going to kind of catch you up to speed. Solomon was a guy who, uh, he was actually the son of a famous dude named King David, uh, as in like David and Goliath, King David, like, like this is a big deal, big dude. And Solomon was his son. Solomon was going to be heir to the throne. He was going to be king over all of Israel. But here's the thing that Solomon is known for more than anything else, even more, even more than just being king. Solomon is known as the wisest man who ever lived. Hey guys, guys, listen up. Solomon was known as the wisest guy who ever lived. 
And the incredible thing is that both Christians and non-Christians actually agree on this. They look back in history at Solomon, and they all agree that Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived. And there's even this incredible story about how God actually gifted that to Solomon. Solomon asked for it, and God gave it to him. So Solomon had wisdom beyond his years, beyond any of his counterparts, beyond anyone who has ever lived. Solomon is the wisest man. In fact, he was so wise that people from other cultures and other countries and other like religions and just other faiths, they would all come to Solomon when he was alive. And the reason they came to him is because they had questions and they wanted them answered by the wisest man who ever lived. And so if there's ever anyone who's qualified to speak into relationship uh, or qualified to speak into what it actually looks like and who we should date, it's Solomon. And the good news for us is that Solomon actually wrote down a lot of his wisdom. And, and, and for many of us, that's actually what the, what the book of Proverbs is. And for many of us, when we hear that Solomon wrote down all of his wise sayings, we have a tendency to think that because he was the wisest man that ever lived, that he was like sitting up there in his throne, you know, and he was like, I'm the wisest man who ever lived. And so now I'm going to write down all the things I know so that everyone can read it and everyone can know how smart I am. But that's not actually what he was doing. See, Proverbs is a letter written by Solomon, but it's not for everyone to read. In fact, he didn't even write it as a king to the people of his country. See, Solomon, Solomon wrote Proverbs, not a king to his country, but a dad to his sons. As you look in Proverbs, what you find is that this is an intimate letter, a letter written to his kids, not to try, them, uh, try to make them feel bad or give them guilt. It was written to his kids to say, my kids, dude, I care about you so much. I care so much for your future. I care so much for who you are. And I want you to know these things because I want you to have a better life. In fact, right at the beginning of chapter four, this is what it says. It says, listen, my sons, not my servants, not all these people that want to know. It says, my sons, to a father's instructions, pay attention and gain understanding. He's saying, my kids, my kids, man, I want you to know this. I care so much about you. I want you to know this. And then he goes on, verse 3. He says, for I too was a son to my father. He's remembering what it was like to be a son to King David. He remembers what it was like to sit on David's knee and hear from his dad how much he cared about him. And now he's passing this on to his kids. And he's saying, David, my dad actually taught me. And this is what he said to me. He said, take hold of my words with all your heart and keep my commands and you will live and you will live. See, Solomon is writing this to his kids because he cares about his kids. He cares about their future. He cares about who they become. And then the summation of all this, as he's writing to his kids, he says this, Proverbs 4, 23. He says, above all else, more than anything else I've told you, if you were to forget everything else I've said and you only hold on to this one thing, this is the one thing I want you to know. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. If you were to take everything I've told you and just throw it away and only remember one thing, if I only had one thing I could teach you, this is the one thing I would teach you, to guard your heart. What he's saying is don't give away your heart so easily. Don't just offer it up to anyone. You got to guard your heart. You need to be careful who you date. You need to be careful who you're with. You need to guard it. It is precious to you. It is your only heart, and you need to guard it, and that is the number one thing that you need to know. And see, I, I, think, I think for whatever reason, we just, we have trouble doing this. 
Like, like usually when it comes to our qualifications, you know, are, are at least for guys or at least for me, um, my qualifications were pretty slim when I was in high school. It was like, dude, if she's got a pulse, like I'm in, you know, like it, it didn't really, it didn't really take much. Um, I think it was maybe a little bit more than that. In fact, these were kind of, I mean, I never said this, but these were kind of the qualifications. Um, does she like me? And then has she killed anyone? Right? Because that's important. Um, as long as she hasn't murdered and she's actually interested in me, like, then we're going to date. Okay? That's awesome. Okay? And, and, and maybe for some of you guys, you have higher standards um, than, uh, than I did. But, but this was kind of the thing for me. And so there's this one occasion where I found out that this girl actually liked me. I know. It was the one. Okay? It was, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but this girl, not only did she like me, but she was cute too. And again, I didn't do like a background check or anything. So I don't know if she killed anyone. I don't think she did. And so I thought, dude, that's awesome. Like she's cute bonus. And she likes me totally going to date this girl. I didn't know anything about her. Right. Like, like, like I, she was in a different grade than me. So I didn't really have any classes with her. I didn't really know like what type of music she listened to. I didn't really know like what kind of movies she liked, but I was like, dude, she's cute and she likes me. I'm in. Like that sat like I'm gonna let's do this, like let's date. And I think, I think, if Solomon were to stand up here today, he would say, Steve, Steve, slow down, dude. Like slow down. Like that is your heart you're giving away. See, because when you get into a relationship with someone, you are opening up your heart to that person. And when you're dating someone, when you're in a relationship with someone, you're attaching your heart. To that person, he would say, Slow, you got to be careful who you give your heart to. You got to guard your heart. And then he actually tells us why. Just a few, um, the, the next part of the verse, he says, guard your heart. And here's why. Because, sorry, the one right before that. For everything you do flows from it. See, here's why it's important. Because your heart, the thing I want you to guard, and the thing that you attach to someone else, the rest of your life flows out of it. That means all of your thoughts all of your actions, all of your decisions, all of your attitudes, everything inside of you flows out of your heart. And you got to be careful who you attach your heart to because who you're with changes how you live. Solomon knew this. And that's why he was saying, you got to guard your heart. You got to be careful who you're with because it will change everything. Everything you do flows from it. See, see who you're with it will determine the number of heartbreaks you have. Who you're with will determine whether or not you're closer to Jesus or pulled further away from Jesus. Who you're with directly correlates to your joy and to your peace. Who you're with changes how you live. And here's the way the Apostle Paul put it in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He said this, he said, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, which for us when you see that doesn't, maybe doesn't quite make sense. This word yoked actually means like tied. It means tied together. But even more than that, this was actually a really cool farming analogy, which we don't get because we're not farmers. But the people that heard that during, um, during Paul's day totally got this. See, because here's what the yoke was. Whenever a farmer wanted to like plow his field, he usually had two oxen. And the way that he joined these two oxen together was with this thing called a yoke. And it would go really well if the two oxen were pretty similar in their build and in their strength and in their speed and their direction. As long as they were together, then things were great. But the problem came when you had a really awesome ox and a really terrible ox. And so what Paul is saying here is when you're unequally yoked, 
It doesn't work out. Things don't work out well for you. In fact, he goes even further in the context of this. What he's saying is, when you, like if you're following after Jesus and the person you're with is not following after Jesus, that's like an ox being yoked to a donkey. It's like not the same thing at all. And you're not going to go in the right direction. And you're going to be confused and you're going to spin around in circles. And it's going to lead to more heartbreak and more heartache every time. And so that's why he says, do not be yoked. Don't be tied together. Same thing Solomon said. You got to be careful who you actually tie your heart to. Because who you tie your heart to, who you're yoked to, has a direct impact on the rest of your life. It will determine whether or not you're pulled closer to Jesus or further away from Jesus. Here's another way to put it. For you guys, if she won't follow Jesus then we won't follow Jesus. If you're dating a girl right now, you guys, and she's not following Jesus, then guess what? We won't follow Jesus. For you girls, if he won't follow Jesus, then we won't follow Jesus. Doesn't matter how much you love God, doesn't matter how often you come here, doesn't matter how much you pray or how much you read scripture, you are yoked to that person, you are tied to that person, and if she won't follow Jesus, then we won't follow Jesus, and if he won't follow Jesus, then we won't follow Jesus. Now, now I know that some of you, especially you ladies, are like, no, 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 Steve, 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 you don't understand, okay? See, here's the way it works, okay? I, um, this guy... He needs help. He does. He doesn't love Jesus yet. Maybe one day he will. That's why we're dating, right? The reason we're dating is because I want to pull him closer to Jesus. I want to help. Like, you want us to share the gospel, right? You Like, I want to be a light to the world. Like, in other words, it's almost like you're a missionary, right? But like, instead of being a missionary in like Haiti or Uganda, you're a missionary for all the hot guys at your school, right? And you're like, I need to save them. God's calling me to save them, okay? And so instead of this, instead of if he won't follow Jesus, we won't follow Jesus, here's what you think. <laughs> if we date, I can make him follow Jesus. I can do that. We just need to date and just give me some time. And after all, if you knew about his parents or you knew about his friends, then you would know it's good that I'm in his life. So, so if we can date, as long as we can date, then I can make him follow Jesus. And here's my response. No, you can't. No, you can't. It doesn't work that way. And I wish it did. I wish it worked that way where you could change his heart and you could make him love Jesus, but you can't. Now, I'll tell you what you can do. Um, you, could, you could make him come to church. Um, you, could, you could even make him download Oceans on his phone, right? Like, that's a possible thing you can do. But you cannot change his heart. You cannot change his heart. It doesn't matter how much you care about him. doesn't matter how good of a Christian you are. doesn't matter how often you show up here. You cannot change his heart. You cannot save him. You cannot fix him. There is only one person that can fix him, and that's Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can save him. Not you. Not you. And here's what happens when you, when you are unequally yoked with someone who's not following after Jesus. We like to think, if I could just date him, then I'm going to lead him to Jesus. But here's what happens. He pulls you away from Jesus. And he may not even mean to. He might be a nice guy. But when you drift, you will drift away from Jesus. Every time. And decisions that you swore you would never make 
you begin making. And regrets you never thought you'd had, you start having. All because of who you're with. And that's why Solomon is like, my kids, man, if you could just, if you could get this, you got to guard your heart. You got to guard your heart. Because who you're with changes how you live. You can't, you can't change him. Don't make the relationship all about changing him. He will pull you further away from Jesus. He will lead you to regret. I'm telling you, you got to guard your heart out of it. All of your life flows. Everything in life comes from your heart. Don't just tie it to anyone. You got to be careful about the guy that you're with, about the girl that you're with. And so as I, as I prayed for you and as I thought about you and I, and I tried to figure out like, God, what, is it, what does it look like for them to guard their hearts? Like how, how could these students guard their hearts? This is the question I came up with. I don't know if it's the, the best one, but what type of person should I wait for? This is the question that I want you to ask. Maybe this is the question that you need to make your prayer. God, what... What type of person should I wait for? And then start listing out the characteristics. In fact, here's what I would invite you to do, like literally right now, whether you've taken notes or not, maybe on your phone or, or on, on, on your card, I want you to start listing out the characteristics that you believe God would want you to wait for. Whether you're single or you're dating someone, whether you've been in a relationship for like five years or you just started a relationship or you're not in a relationship, I want you to answer this question and begin writing it down. Even right now, you can do that. What type of person should I wait for? And Paul, if he were to talk to us, would say the number one thing, the number one thing on that list, if you're following Jesus, if you're committed to Jesus and you love Jesus, the number one thing needs to be that they're committed to Jesus. I mean, I mean, imagine, imagine. What if the person you were with was chasing after Jesus as hard as you were? What if the person you were with loved Jesus as much as you did? Imagine what God could do. And so right now, as you're writing down, I want you to continue writing down uh, the qualities, the, the, the characteristics of what it actually looks like. What type of person should I wait for? And then here's... Um, Here's what I want to press in, okay? And there's two groups of people. There's people that are in relationships and people that aren't in relationships. And I want to talk to those right now at the beginning, those that aren't in relationships. I want you to write down this list and maybe you take it home tonight. Maybe you begin writing down, God, I want them to love you. I want them to chase after you. Um, God, I want them to be patient like we talked about last week uh, and begin writing down the things that you're looking for in your guy or in your girl. And then for those of you that aren't dating right now, my challenge to you is to wait. Wait for that. Don't, don't settle for less. Don't compromise the things that you've got. Wait. Begin writing down who you're looking for, the type of person that you're looking for. And then wait. And some of you might say, Steve, if you like went to my school, you would know that no guy qualifies. There's not a single guy in like a 50 mile radius that qualifies. Okay. Then wait. Then wait till you find him. Or wait till you find her. But Solomon would say to his kids, you, you gotta, you gotta guard your heart. 
Don't just give it away freely to someone that's going to pull you away from Jesus. Don't just give it away to someone that's going to make you regret. Guard your heart and wait for that person. I was, uh, I talked to someone today. This is pretty cool. I talked to someone today who told me that um, she heard a message like this when she was a student. And so she waited. And uh, she went through all of high school and didn't date anyone because no one qualified. And by the way, you may not know this, but um, no one has ever died from not dating someone. Like, you can make it, okay? And she did. In fact, she went through the first two years of college and she still hadn't found that person. And then, when she was 20 years old, she met a guy who actually lived up to those things that she had been waiting for. And now they're married. And she waited. And she guarded her heart. And all the regret and all the broken heart that she could have had, she doesn't have to deal with. And all that baggage that she could have carried into marriage, she didn't carry it into marriage. Because she waited. And so if you're not dating anyone right now, my challenge to you is to write that down and to wait. Now, I want to talk to those of you in the room that are, um, that are dating someone. As you're, uh, as you're looking at that list and you're looking at the person that you're dating, if that person is not the person that you've written down, you need to break up with him today. If she is not the person that you've written down, then you need to break up with her today. Because, because why would you wait? Why would you have more of a broken heart? Why would you make more decisions that you later regret? If you're f following after Jesus, I mean, you're chasing after Jesus, and that person is pulling you further away from Jesus, why would you wait? You need to break up with them. And I know, again, I know some of you are like, no, 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 Steve, you don't understand what he's going through. You don't understand his family situation. You don't know how devastating that would be for him. No, look, I get it. I know it would be heartbreaking for him. And I know it would be heartbreaking for you. But it's better to have a broken heart now than a broken life later. See, because who you're with changes how you live. And you are giving that person access to your heart, the very thing from which all of your life flows. And for some of you, tonight is the night that you need to have that conversation. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But for you, this could be the best decision made and so here's what I want to do I want to uh, I want to pray for you because I know that this is not um, an easy message to hear and I know I know it's easy to think that I'm talking about the person next to you yes yeah, she, she does need to break up with him but I'm not talking to the person next to you 
I'm talking to you. And if that's you, maybe tonight you need to wait or maybe tonight you need to have a very difficult conversation. But don't wait. Don't wait any longer to do what God is calling you to do. So let me pray for you. God, I know the devastation that can come from being in a relationship with someone who's not following after you. And it may seem harmless at first, but I know the heartbreak and the regret and the frustration and the God, why did you let this happen? That can come from a prolonged relationship with someone who's not chasing after you. And so I pray that these students would make a difficult decision today that could forever change their lives in the future. And God, I pray for two things. I pray that you would give them wisdom the same way you gave it to King Solomon. Give them wisdom to know if they need to break up with that person. I also pray that you would give them wisdom if they need to wait. God, and then I pray that you would give them courage to actually move forward and do it. Because I know that you've got a life in store for these students, a full life, an abundant life, (laughs) a life of joy, a life of fulfillment, a life of peace. A life of great reward instead of great regret. And I pray that they would see the image of their future in front of them. And they would know that difficult decisions today can lead to that. Give them the words to say. So that they would have this conversation. And then I pray, God. I pray. That through all of this, they would see you. Not as a God who is like ruler of everything. Although that's true. Not as someone who is the wisest person, although that is true. But God, I pray that they would see you as a dad talking to his kids. And that you don't ask them to do this because you want them to have pain. You ask them to do this because you care about their life. And if this is the decision they need to make, God, I pray that they would, that they would make it and they would recognize that you, God, are a good, good father. They can trust you in the midst of everything that they're going through, no matter how difficult the breakup, no matter how difficult waiting is, when all of their friends are dating, God, I pray that they would rely on you, their father in heaven. And so we pray these things in Jesus' powerful name.